Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Movies We've Seen on the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Alex, joined as always by my co-host... Camden. Alright, um, so today uh, we're actually going to start with something that isn't a movie, so um, feel free to skip that if you want. But um, we're going to start with Season 1 of The Mandalorian. Season 2 comes out in a couple of weeks. So we are going to get started with that. So um, in case you were living under a rock at the end of last year, um, The Mandalorian was the Star Wars original show that was a Disney Plus original that came out, um, I want to say, well, whenever Disney Plus came out, because, well, Disney released the episodes one at a time, but um, regardless, the first episode came out when Disney Plus um, originally dropped. Um, and the whole season is obviously out now. Season two is just on the horizon. Um, Camden does not have Disney Plus, but we um, he was able to have access to it. So he was able to watch it. And now we're going to talk about it. So, Camden, do you have any opening thoughts about The Mandalorian? Um. Well, first of all, if you haven't seen it, you should try to see it. And even if you can't get Disney Plus, there's still a bundle I think where you can get it for a couple of days. Uh, it's a very entertaining show. And I don't know if yeah. you thought that too. Yes, I did find it very entertaining. Um, I mean, there was a ton of hype around this show when it first came out. So it's obviously, um, if you've heard nothing but amazing things about it, it might not completely live up to your expectations, but I still thought it was entertaining. I still thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, um, this, this, I feel like the storyline isn't really deep. You know, there's not really no. a lot of, like, deep, you know, development in these characters, you know? It's not like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of made more for just the entertainment, you know, more for, like, you know, the action for each episode, you know, it's not really normal shows where they try to develop the character and you learn kind of more about the, their storyline. You know, it's kind of like straight to the point, you know? Yeah, there's not like tons of character development in the show. It's mainly action. Um, the characters have pretty basic traits. And the basic plot of the show is um, the Mandalorian trying to protect uh, Baby Yoda. Um Although I believe that's an unofficial name. Like, I don't think they call him Baby Yoda in the show. Yeah. um, That's probably what you've heard about if you haven't seen the show is Baby Yoda. Because um, (laughs) Disney, uh, we can criticize Disney for a lot of stuff, but they know how to sell cute characters that will make a bunch of merchandise. True, yeah. Um, So I do want to preface by saying that the show is made or – it wasn't made completely, but the concept was created by John Favreau. And I'm conflicted on John Favreau because John Favreau, first off, I just want to say, seems like a very nice man. I'm not trying to attack his character, but John Favreau has done a few good movies. He's done the first Iron Man and he did Elf, but then he also did the live action Lion King and the live action Jungle Book. And I feel like he was thankfully able to get Disney to have other directors direct these episodes because if he was directing them, I feel like they wouldn't have been as interesting. Yeah. Um, and one thing I did like one... about this, oh, sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. You can go, you can go. Okay. I was just going to say one of the episodes was directed by Taika Waititi who did 
um, Thor Ragnarok and Jojo Rabbit. And that was probably one of the better episodes. I believe that was the, that might've actually been the last episode of season one. Anyway, what I was going to say is another thing I liked about the show was that it, I mean, it had good CGI, but it also mixed in costumes too. Right. Yeah. It had a nice Um, mix of CGI and costumes. Yeah. Like the Mandalorian was not, the Mandalorian himself was not CGI and some of the alien creatures were not CGI. Some of them were baby Yoda was obviously CGI. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just liked how it kind of introduced you to like this other world of star Wars, you know, the other world of star Wars universe, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, Because I believe just some brief appearances in clone wars and rebels were the only things the Mandalorian were really in. And this is like, I assumed that most people who just watched the Star Wars movies um, did not know what Mandalorians were, mm-hmm. um, just like casual Star Wars fans. And this show introduced that concept yeah. to them. The show was um, more for like the, like, it's, you know, it's not for like, if you're a Star Wars fan of the original three movies, you know, you're probably going to be really confused because there's a lot of stuff from this show that's from like the Clone Wars, like the Darksaber at the end, spoiler. <laughs> But, you know, just there's a lot of like the general, you know, three original movie Star Wars fans might not find this as entertaining, you know? Yeah. As say someone um, who's like, you know, a big Star Wars fans from, you know, comics to TV shows to, you know, anything. Right. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. And I definitely would say that um, this uh, watching the Clone Wars definitely helps with context for this. What I feel like this was doing also was. Um, letting, getting this, um, like lower or lesser known, um, Star Wars stuff and making it popular because the Clone Wars is obviously very popular, but it's not as popular as the movies. Whereas this, I want to say was, um, at least when it first came out, um, but I mean, the the whole show is very entertaining. Um, there is like good action, mm-hmm. partly because you get other directors, and for the most part, I'd say the acting was good. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would say that I didn't think the acting was great was some of the characters in that prison break episode. Um, where they get onto the ship, I did not find super enjoyable to watch, but, um, I like the main guy, uh, the former stormtrooper who was played by Bill Burr. Um, I liked him, but like the alien girl, I just, I couldn't care less about. Mm -hmm. Um, the one other thing I find funny, and this is, um, if you can't tell, we're spoiling this, but in the last episode, um, the Mandalorian gets his mask taken off and he looks like TJ Miller. <laughs> yeah. The guy who played Gene in the emoji movie. He like he looks like that. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of funny because throughout the whole show he's like being a badass and doing action stuff, and then it like looks like mm-hmm. TJ Miller. But um I mean, overall, the show is entertaining. Yeah. But there's also not like there's no, there's nothing deep about the show Mm -hmm. it's just it's a straightforward 
Star Wars action show. A very fun show uh, to watch, you know? Yeah, it's a fun show. I was never bored by it. Yeah. I liked most of the characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a few I didn't like, but I liked most of the characters. Um, it's just, it's good, but it's it's not great. And it's like, I'll watch season two when it comes out, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I will rewatch season one, where it's like, I go back and rewatch old Clone Wars episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm um, like, I'm not watching this show expecting it to be like, some you know super deep you know academy award-winning show even though it did get i actually know I, I did get nominated for uh emmy though not emmy well it didn't win anything but uh, yeah um but yeah i mean it's an entertaining show it's a well-made show yeah it's just not it's like there's just not like deep yeah, name, it's not themed. It's fine yeah, but it's not really well made in like a like a very deep story sense you know but when it comes to just, right. like, action, you know, CGI, you know, that st- type of stuff, I feel like it excels in. I mean, when you got Disney money yeah. um, and the show was made to get people to buy Disney Plus, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. In other words, um, I will be excited for when I watch season two. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um. What are you thinking on a score for this, if you want to do that? Um, um, I mean, it's kind of hard because I really, really like the show. Like, I really enjoyed it, but I don't really know how to put it when it comes to, like, quality. Eight, and I'll put it maybe at an eight, seven and a half to an eight. Okay, I was going to say seven, um, or three and a half out of five, seven out of ten. Um, and that's still good, um, and I still like it. But, like, the Clone Wars, I would give, like, an 8 or something. Mm-hmm. And this, I would give a 7. Because the Clone Wars um, was able to do more theme stuff. And I feel like that is more impressive, especially because it was a Cartoon Network show. Um, whereas this is, like, this was the big thing for Disney+. Plus, and it's good, but it's it's just, again, simple from a story perspective. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Seven out of ten. Anyway, now it's time to talk about something that is much, much worse than The Mandalorian. And that is the 2020 film Artemis Fowl, directed by Kenneth Brognaw um, on Disney+. Plus. Um, I have seen this movie. I don't want to call it a film. I've seen this movie, unfortunately, twice. And that is three hours of my life I wish I had back so badly Mm -hmm. this movie is unironically one of the most insufferable things i've ever seen it is pretty bad a lot of bad movies like um as we've talked about gun self-defense for women and who killed captain alex there is those are great bad movies because you watch them and you are laughing the whole way through Mm -hmm. and now granted there is some funny stuff in artemis fowl but it is, mm-hmm. for the most part, completely insufferable and annoying. This movie was, I approached uh, this movie different because I actually read the book like a long time ago. So, I mean, I don't, I, when I went to saw the movie, I didn't remember the book that well, but, whew, I mean, it's just, it's, it's pretty bad, you know? I mean, it's just, it's, embar- it's an embarrassment to the book, you know? It is, yeah, it is a complete embarrassment to anything ever. And what's, and what's um, really weird is that it actually looked like it had a big budget, you know? 
So someone must have liked the idea of it, you know? Right. But then you get in there and Josh Gad is a small, or no, a large dwarf who eats dirt and stretches out his mouth. And Artemis Fowl claiming he's a criminal mastermind when he has not done anything the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the, uh, the camera work, the shots. Oh, my gosh. There are multiple moments when it just turns to slow-mo for essentially no reason. Um, when they open up the Oculus, it just turns to slow-mo out of nowhere. It is ridiculous. In the time bubble, the camera's going all over the place, and these fairies are yelling, I'm a fairy, but they have an Irish accent, so they're, it really sounds like they're saying, I'm a furry. <laughs> and... Um, it's it's just not good. One of I think the worst lines in the movie was when Artemis goes, "My dad was kidnapped," and the fairy goes, "My dad is dead." <laughs> that is like that is one of the actual funny things in the movie. Um, if we want to talk about not funny, the acting in oh this God. movie is so bad. It is so bad this is probably some of the worst acting i've ever seen from a big budget movie mm-hmm. i mean when you've got artemis fowl's dad whose facial expression does not change the whole movie i'm just, i'm trying not to be super mean to the children in this movie but they were atrocious mm-hmm. and also artemis fowl especially this kid was this is the first time he's ever acted before so i don't want to give him too much of a hard time but oh man he was not convincing at all. He did not seem like a criminal mastermind. He just seemed like that snobby kid who plays violin, who you knew in middle school. Um, and he just, you cannot relate to him at all. He just has this like pouty lip face the whole movie. And it's like, he's not even a character. He's just, I am smart kid with Irish accent. Yeah. And also the characters were weird. Like there's just one character that was just, added in there but it was only in like five scenes or maybe six eleven scenes it's the what is it, the niece of the guy with the blue eyes the butler what was the oh, point right. of adding We're... her when she's only going to be in like 11 scenes you know i have no idea because she served no purpose to the story um speaking of the butler uh they tried to do a fake out death with him that ends after two seconds the fairy's like i don't have my powers i can't heal him he dies and then she immediately gets her powers back and shoves herself into him like a um whatever those things that emts have that shock you back to life and it's like um i would feel emotion maybe if you built up this character as not just uh butler but he had no personality no characters in this movie have personality they're just walking uh talking husks that progress the quote-unquote story and you know with with the movie with such with so much um money they do not know how to work cgi like the way the characters move is so awkward like this one scene they're fighting the fairies and everything is going so fast it's like it's like there's it's like it's going two times speed when it should be going to one time speed you know what i'm saying yeah um i mean some of the some of the CGI work is really bad. Again, I mentioned the mulch diggums stretching his mouth. 
but the troll in this movie also looks disgusting mm. and not convincingly. Disgusting is in a bad CGI way, not disgusting as in a troll way. Um, and one of the longest scenes of the movie is just the troll destroying their house. Um, and of course, nothing happens. They just get the troll. But like, why are you spending so much time on this? Mm-hmm. Um, and the scene the troll is introduced, it's in the middle of Italy for some reason, even though this is in Ireland. Yeah. Like for no reason, they just go to Sicily and the troll is there. And then the fairy is like, I'm going to leave and go to my dead spot. <laughs> that was a British accent, <laughs> but regardless. You um, can also tell the CGI uh, is bad. When, you know, when the characters are moving and doing action, you can tell that they're switching it off to CGI because of how fake it looks, you know? It's just oh it's fighting, and immediately you can see it's like a, you know, a bad CGI character moving around, you know? I mean, it's just, you know, for a movie with, such, with like, so much money and so much production and CGI and whatnot, they really do not know how to use it. <laughs> I mean... Look at those goblins that look like they took them directly out of bright yeah, yeah, that are in jail. Oh my gosh. It is it was not not good. That jail scene, it's like in the muddy jail cell. The goblins look so mm. fake. Especially when they get one gets like the fire in its head and its head starts expanding. Mm-hmm. That that was some of the fakest crappiest cgi i've ever seen another character i don't even remember Uh, from the book i don't know if they added in was the the villain that was barely in the movie that so i I, honestly i was for some reason how much i hated this movie i really wanted to see a face reveal of this character for some reason i never did but i'm talking no of course not (laughs) they gotta make a sequel they're setting up a sequel setting up a sequel um with the character who uses a phone that has a screen that is always green, who talks with the voice they chose sounded like it was just a voice changer you downloaded on your iPhone 4. He's going, I can be foul. I, I am evil. I have kidnapped your dad. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I, I heard that um, Colin Farrell, who played Artemis Fowl's dad, was... Only only filmed for two days, and this movie took like four years to make. Really? Um, yeah. So you wonder why Disney released this just on a streaming service, uh, yeah. straight to Disney Plus. That's that's probably because they knew they would they were not going to make their money back. Because this movie, um, you want to believe it or not, this movie cost one hundred million dollars. You're joking. Um, I'm not Jeez. joking. This movie cost a hundred million dollars, and I'm pretty sure if they had released it in theaters, it would have made like six million. Now I have a cost. question: What, what, what direct? Who directs this movie? The man who directed this is a man named Kenneth Brognaw, who has directed such films as Murder on the Orient Express and the live-action Cinderella. He has kind of fallen off the map in recent years. He used to direct. Um, live-action versions of Shakespeare plays. He is actually a Irish native, which is why Disney hired him for this pile of crap. But he did a very bad job. Now, granted, I don't know if he was the first director because this movie took four years to make, but it was it was a very, very badly directed and edited and acted and scripted Wait, and are movie. The people, are the people it was, even Irish? 
I mean, they can't be Irish. I mean, that is not an Irish accent. They have to be American or British trying to do some accent, right? Of course, of course. I mean, I, the only one I think might actually be part Irish is Colin Farrell because Colin and Farrell are both Irish names. But um, he was also in the movie for like two minutes. So um, mm -hmm. who cares? Comes back and he's like, goes up to the, the Holly fairy and she's, he's like, your dad was a very good mm -hmm. man. It's like, what was the whole point? The whole point of the movie was that Artemis Fowl was trying to get his dad back. Then at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, we have the Oculus and we're criminals and we're busting the dwarf out of jail. And it comes out of nowhere and makes no sense within the context of the rest of the movie. And also because the, the, and, the dad was in the movie for such a short time, it's like the movie wanted us to feel emotion towards um, Artemis and his dad. But I mean, you would have to be really, you have to be really giving this movie a chance that you actually felt emotion, you know? I mean... Or you have to be two years no, old. That reminds me, one of my favorite um, scenes in the movie. After looking at a TV screen for three minutes, the giant caption that his dad's missing, he then finally says, my dad's missing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he sees that on the TV, drops the milk, goes, that's my dad! <laughs> after three minutes of looking. And the butler's like, oh, I'm his home now. <sighs> yeah, so there's some funny stuff in this movie. But for the most part, it is very boring and just very bad. Um, for some reason, Josh Gad is narrating the whole movie for no reason. Again, even though he's only in like the last half hour of it, he's he's narrating the whole movie. Um, and don't call him a butler. <laughs> I learned that the wrong way. But you never see that in the mm -hmm. movie. And the every interaction he has with a butler, he never calls and him. And how the did butler. he know all this stuff? So if he, was, if he wasn't there, you know, he was only there for like thirty minutes. He met him twenty minutes of the movie. How would he know? How would he know all this stuff? And they're like, "Oh, it's a police interrogation." I'm like, "Okay, but it's been two days. How would you know all this stuff in time for the police to interrogate you on that remote island?" Which, by the way, they never explain those like police bunkers just in the middle of the ocean. They never explain that. Um, also, why is the opening shot of the movie Artemis Fowl surfing mm -hmm. in a wetsuit? And he rides to school in one of those, like, I don't know what you call them, those, like, one-wheeled boards or whatever. Right, yeah. He, he um, oh, yeah, 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 I see it. Like, the hoverboards with the yeah. wheel in the middle of it. Right, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's just, nothing in this movie makes sense and everything that does make sense is ridiculously stupid and poorly done and overall um unless you want to uh torture yourself um don't watch this movie it's a piece of trash and i'm gonna give it a one mm, out of same, ten same thing or, with me as much as this movie sucks i will give you one thing is that the cgi even though they didn't know how to use it it did look decent you know at certain shots you know, I mean, it's it's not Disney live action remake mm. levels of bad. I will give them that. Then again, they're not trying to put Will Smith Will Smith's face <laughs> true, on yeah. a blue husk. So um, they're just putting trolls to fight um, little Irish, but also not Irish, probably yeah. children. Anyway, it's time to move on to the next Disney Plus movie that is a lot better 
than Artemis Fowl, and that is the recording of the original Broadway mm-hmm. cast of Hamilton. Um, this came out, I want to say, in May. Um, it is just a filming of the Broadway musical with the original cast of the musical mm-hmm. Hamilton. Um, Camden, I know you're not uh, much of a Broadway mm-hmm. theater person, um, but Honestly, what did you, you think of it? Honestly, you don't have to be a Broadway person to enjoy this, you know? I mean, I, I, right. I find it really enjoyable, you know, just the, you know, the, the music, the acting, the story, you know, it's, it's really, really good. If you haven't seen it, you should. Yes, of course. Um, so this was probably the most popular musical in the world when it first came out. And so this was um, this was uh, a treat for a lot of people because it didn't cost five hundred dollars mm-hmm. to go to it like actual Hamilton tickets do, you know, but right. (laughs) Um, But as someone who has a little bit of experience with musical theater, who had seen in taking a choir class, had seen a bootlegged version of this, um, the actual filming um, (laughs) makes a huge difference. Makes me like... (laughs) Under under which teacher... Um, (laughs) Um, you know which one. We won't get into details, but you know which one. Um, they, uh, um, the, the actual filming of this is really good. Um, and then, obviously, the musical itself, everyone knows it's good. That's why tickets cost $500. Um, the music is obviously um, hip-hop-inspired, um, which makes it different than a lot of um, mm. stereotypical Broadway musicals. Um, which all have the same sort of um, grandiose um, mm-hmm. style. And then this uh, obviously, for the most part, is historically accurate. They obviously exclude mm-hmm. some things on purpose because um, they wanted mm-hmm. to make the founding fathers seem and an- less another racist, thing, One thing that probably. they really changed, but they, I mean, they kind of added for, for like a mute in a musical standpoint is um hamilton and angelic angelica's relationship apparently when he met her she was already married you know so they're saying that they they were friends right. and they could have written their those letters but i don't think they were lovers you know in other words angelica didn't could maybe not have fallen in love with hamilton when they met since she was already married right yeah that that is very much exaggerated yeah. um and obviously they, uh, they kind of just uh, gloss over the fact that uh, Hamilton and Jefferson and all of them own mm-hmm. slaves. Well, Hamilton never owned uh, slaves. He traded slaves. Uh, he never owned them. Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's just the whole... This the Part of the reason for that, though, is that this musical... Um, and, and Lin-Manuel Miranda himself are very, very much like the Founding Fathers... And um, portraying that in the musical would probably take away from a little of what they're trying to do with it. Um, so I understand why they kept it out. Um, but it's still kind of funny because they obviously also purposely cast everyone in the cast to be people mm-hmm. of minorities. And if the actual founding fathers watched that musical, they probably would say something that is very, yeah. very racist. Um, if, if, Thomas Jefferson actually watched David Diggs play him, he would probably say something mm, pretty yeah. racist. So, um, but 
Um, the music, mm -hmm. obviously great. Um, one thing that is kind of noticeable with the um, there's two there's some good things that you notice with the camera. I obviously said the filming was a lot better than that bootleg copy I watched um, in choir class, but um, you see a lot of the background stuff and the actual dancing um, and mm -hmm. choreography um, pretty well, and it adds oh. to the story. Uh, you also see the actors mm -hmm. spit. By everywhere. the way, there's actually something interesting. I saw a video um, of of one of the dancers that's supposed to symbolize something. Um, you know the dancer? It's the it's the one of kind of the fuzzy hair, the background dancer. She she's supposed right, to symbolize yeah. death because she's always dancing or interacting with the characters that are about to die. I don't know something like that. I just thought I would. Share oh that right, I know yeah, I saw yeah. a video of that. Um. But it's what's especially noticeable in uh, You'll Be Back, um, the King George the Third song is um, these actors are obviously singing very loudly and singing um, in different chords and harmonies and uh, such. And so they are spitting constantly because of the moisture in their mouth. And it is very noticeable with King George the Third, who is every high note he hits he's spitting like yeah. a gallon of spit out of um and obviously like you don't notice that when you aren't um watching mm -hmm. it up close um and obviously uh the guy playing king george is doing has a, yeah is giving a great performance but it also um it's also a little distracting when you see spit That's just flying true, across yeah. the screen but um i mean overall Obviously, all the acting is great. It's the original cast. Um, obviously, all the music is great. The filming is good and really improves to the experience. Um, but obviously, if you haven't seen this already, you should watch it. I'm going to give it a and nine I think out I of give ten. It a ten. You know, I mean, well, I don't know. Okay, I don't know what I'm rating it on. I think I'll. Well, I think on a Broadway stance, I might have to give it a ten. You know, nine and a half to ten. Right. That's yeah. that's completely fair. Because um, it went before right. we went into our final movie is that even watching it on TV, it still feels like you're still watching the play. You know, it still feels like you're there watching the play. You know, so I'll have to credit it on that. Right. Well, our final movie of today is an oldie but a goodie. We are talking about the. Shawshank Redemption, directed by Frank Darabont, starring Morgan Freeman. Um, this movie is obviously one of the most uh, classic movies of the past, like, 50 years. Um, it is influential in inspiring the modern prison movie. Um, a lot of tropes you will, would see later on um, came up with the, in this movie. Um, this movie is based on a short story by Stephen King um, and is a movie about a man who, um, and spoilers, uh, obviously, um, about a man who may or may not, but probably did not, um, murder his wife and the man she was cheating on him with and is sent to a maximum security prison called Shawshank and lives there for, I want to say it's yeah, like 20-something it years. Um, and befriends some of the prisoners, uh, others not so much, and um, this conspiracy with um, 
other prisoners and the warden and all that gets untangled. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about this movie. And obviously, just to get something out of the way, this movie mm-hmm. is great. It is, yeah. it is a great It's movie. one of those movies you could watch again and again and um, again and again, you know? Right. It is a super rewatchable movie. It is, like, at some points, it's a disturbing movie, but at other points, it's a super fun movie. Um, probably one of the most interesting characters is the warden, because he goes from this passive, not super important character to the main mm-hmm. antagonist of the movie in the span of mm-hmm. like one scene. And it is so well done. Um, Cause you don't really think much about the warden before mm-hmm. then, but then afterward it's like, Holy and one thing crap, I don't like this guy this movie is, is that for some people uh, it might change their pers- perspective on prisoners, you know, cause you think of these pr- prisoners, you think like, Oh, they have no life, you know, these awful people, you know, but it kind of, it just kind of goes to show you how, Prison really can take a life out of you, you know? It really changes you. Exactly, yeah. Um, part of One of the main points of that is at the end of the movie when um, Morgan Freeman actually is released from jail, like the speech he gives then, um, compared to the speech he gave at the beginning, um, really mm-hmm. encapsulates that really well. Um, the actual, like, setting... They picked the perfect location to film this because the the building that is Shawshank in the movie um, is like the perfect because it looks somewhat like a castle. Um, It's dreary. um, It's dirty. And it's the perfect place for this kind of um, messed Mm -hmm. up but entertaining um, prison movie. Um, I this obviously was one of the first movies to have. Morgan Freeman narrating the whole movie. Um, and it is done well sometimes, like with Million Dollar Baby, and it's some, sometimes not done well, like mm-hmm. with Dolphin Um But this movie kind of started that. Um, it's done well in the movie. That's obviously because Morgan Freeman is the secondary character. He's the main character beside um, the guy who was mm-hmm. arrested at the beginning for supposedly... Um, killing his wife and her lover. Um, and um, all, most of the characters in this movie, mm-hmm. I'd say, are really good. Um, the only character... There's, like, a few characters, though, who, like, um, they aren't developed because they're just, like, they're, like, the guy who uh, keeps um, trying to mm-hmm. rape the main character and his, like, group of buddies. Like, they obviously... Um, they obviously don't flesh out or are... Mm-hmm deep characters um but that's because their point in the story is just to show how um mm-hmm. gruesome prison can be they're not meant and i also to be feel like some of the people. characters because it's a um, movie that kind of goes through like like a span of like 20 years so you see how characters develop you know especially the main character how prison can kind of change you you know you're starting from this kind uh, of like yeah. a clueless person that kind of knowing all about it you know and it also shows that, like, how yeah. once you get out of prison, because you think once prisoners get out of prison, it's like, oh, it's all great. And, you know, but as we know from one of the characters, Leonard, you know, it's we know it's not so great. Right. Yeah, that is that scene really is like because that guy was mm-hmm. in prison so long that he didn't want to leave. And then he did leave mm-hmm. and his life sucked afterward. Um 
Or just like when Morgan Freeman first gets out and he has, he keeps asking to go to the bathroom because he had to ask mm-hmm. for 40 years or something. Because um, it follows the main character who's in there for like 20 years, but Morgan Freeman was in there longer than him. There were characters in there who were in there longer than him. Um, and all the characters who serve an important role to the story um, are really good. What's interesting is one one scene I find super interesting is when they first start um are they first start tarring the roof and you see that um warden is warden assistant just having a normal conversation with the dude and then as soon as the main character says something he almost throws him off the roof and shows like okay that guy's an actual person it's just that when he's at his job he acts mm-hmm. like a complete jerk and he is a complete monster um and it's it's interesting because it shows the warden is the only person in there who has like no, who is the exact opposite in that he's just like this passive normal guy at the beginning. And then he just turns into this complete, complete monster. He, um, spoilers, he kills a prisoner to prevent the main character from getting out of jail because he wants the guy to keep doing his taxes. Obviously we've got to talk about the um, big twist in this movie. And this and thing that, really kind of caught me off guard. It's one of those stuff where it's like, when you rewatch it, you look for it, you know? Anyway, spoiler, there's a certain part of the movie where you think the main character is going to commit suicide, but it turns out that he actually escaped, and there's clues throughout the movie that, that actually shows you of how he was escaping, you know? I'm just kind of digging a hole, right. using, like, a poster um, to cover it up. Yeah, and then, obviously, the, the most interesting thing was that he... Um, he hid his little hammer inside of the Bible. Um, you see how he, st- he also the steals gave the money. Um, he puts a separate account first to kind of almost launder the money of the warden. But as we know, he then uses that money and he escapes. Right. Yeah. Um, and that whole scene mm-hmm. where he shows how he's escaping is a great scene. Um, obviously, the, one of the most iconic scenes in the movie is him um uh mm-hmm. standing in the river in the rain and looking up at the sky um i believe that's on the um or like the official poster of the movie is that um one other scene i found great is just the warden um would rather um shoot himself than get arrested because he knows how bad prison is mm-hmm. because he's yeah. kept it bad for everyone um, but overall, um, this is a super iconic movie, a super great movie. Um, and honestly, I don't think there's really anything wrong with it. So I am giving it a 10 yeah, I'll give it out, of out of 10 too. You know, it was a really good movie. You know, I definitely, I've said this before, a movie you can watch again and again, you know, great characters, uh, you know, good storyline, you know, yeah. Right. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Um, obviously, our episode mm-hmm. schedule is sporadic. Um, our last, we, we like we said last time, uh, we don't really yeah. know whenever these episodes come out. Um, mm-hmm. whenever, whenever we, we see have time the same too, movies. You know? uh, exactly. We are able to talk about them then. But um, hopefully sometime soon, because it is October, we'll... Maybe watching the same uh, spooky month, um, Halloween movie. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. 
Um, by our luck, the Halloween special will be coming out in January. But um, other than that, thank you for listening to the, what, 11 people now that have listened. Um, obviously, we are still very small, but whoever's listening, uh, thanks. Um, and uh, thanks for listening to us talk about movies. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, thank you, Camden, again for joining me. And we will, well, we're not, we're not obviously seeing you, the people who listen. And um, it's a podcast. Anyway. Bye. Um,